to another episode of the Campbell's Footballs Podcast. I'm once again Dr. Grant Campbell in the hot seat uh, for the show and I'm joined uh, for this episode by a man who's had a really interesting career in the Irish League. He's currently the Arts Football Club, the one and only Kim Nelson. Kim, a warm welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. How's it going? All good? I'm all well. I hope you're well as well. How have you settled into uh, the new season? Because uh, it's been a really competitive championship so far. Uh, we've, we've started off very, very well. Um, we got beat there on Saturday night, but how we got beat, I do not know. Uh, two freak goals in the last six or seven months, but uh, no, it's been a good start to the campaign. There's the teams flying and all cylinders. Uh, no, we're looking to go up. It's been a good start for myself as well. No, I mean, I've worked hard in pre season, put the head down a lot, uh, on and off the pitch. Um, and I think it's proven of my performances and obviously I've scored five already. So just want to keep building and try and do my best to take ours back to the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, obviously last season, the Championship and Intermediate Clubs were not classed as elite, weren't allowed to play competitively during COVID. How was that for you as a player? Because that must have been extremely frustrating. Uh, extremely frustrating and uh, a lot of factor annoying. Uh, just, you know, it's your match day on a Saturday is what you look forward to most. You know, I mean, I'm a working man myself. You know, it's your Saturdays or, you know, it's football. Football is not more. It's football that ring on a Saturday. And there's no mean even training, getting out like, the social aspect of it as well. Big thing as well. You know, there wasn't there wasn't anywhere open. There were no gyms, no pools, no saunas, no steam rooms, no nothing. Nothing you could look after your health and fitness. And, you know, it was quite, it was quite a tough time mentally. Mm. For myself and physically, you know, I mean, there's days I was just coming home from work, just going big mad runs by myself. You know, it was quite lonely, but I benefited from it a lot because I knew I had to keep taking over, doing stuff to keep myself fit. But uh, it was very frustrating. A full season without football it's very strange. It's the first it's ever anything happened since I was a wee I've never had that since I was a wee boy. You know, I mean, sorry, every sorry is football, football, football. But, you know, we're just glad we're back now to. Bit of normality, crowds back, teams back together, training everything was back to normality again. So hopefully it stays that way. But uh, no, we're doing very well this season, and I hope the team can continue. One thing that really interested me following you on Instagram, Kim, is that you really work out a lot. You're really into your personal training, and you really make a, a big work of yourself in the gym and really push yourself yeah. hard. Yeah, um, that really started. You know, I've always went to the gym and I've always kind of, it's just, it's kind of really been just me, me, you know, the, just getting out of the house kind of, but the real love for health and fitness really started in lockdown when, you know, it, just before lockdown, I mean, I was going out partying every weekend, doing things I shouldn't have been doing. Um, and it was affecting me on the pitch and off the pitch, you know, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you here, I was kind of in a real bad place at the time, but. I think one week I just had enough and I just said to myself, like, listen, you have to make a real go at something here or else it's just going to spiral out of control. And uh, during lockdown, I just got the head down, got myself, got my hands on a few weights, not much, a weight bar, barbell, 
got myself a training vest, a pair of running trainers, and it's just busy what I work with for a load of months. And as the weeks and months went on, I started seeing changes in my body. It was like, you know what, I can make a real go at something here if I got my head out of my hole. And thankfully, I did. And I'm far better man forward. And if I look back a year or two and I look at myself now, I've, I've came a very long, long way. So I have a very long way, and I'm, I'm going to keep going until I get to the top. That's where I want. I want to get back to the top again. I know having a man, I'll definitely get there one day. I'll never stop working hard. I've actually just enrolled there to become a PT. So mm-hmm. I'm going to start my course here in January. So, you know, health and fitness is a big thing for my life now. You know, I mean, it's something I want to take a career up in as well. I mean, that's something that's really important through lockdown. And a lot of people have noticed that is their own uh, personal um, you know, situations and, you know, trying to make them yeah. sure that they are keeping themselves fit and eating healthily as well. And you, that's mm-hmm. also something that I get from what you've just said there that yeah. is extremely important to you. But also what I took from that discussion there. It's just how something clicked during lockdown for yourself. And that's full credit to you for turning something that's not a particularly great time for so many people into a positive. And it certainly looks to have helped you in a positive trajectory. Yeah, definitely. Lockdown, it it definitely turned a negative into a positive to some sort of way. You know, it's just, just as I said, one day it clicked. You know, just I needed needed to change it up. I needed to do something. You know I mean? I was coming home, partying for three, three days in a row, just coming home, sitting my head up my hole and just I just had enough. And uh I've just I've, I've turned it around and uh I'm a better man for it. And I'll I'll just keep going. I'll keep plugging away, keep my head down, keep working hard. Yeah, absolutely. Well it's great to have you on the show, Kim, and I'm really interested to hear about your career in the Irish League so far. And also we'll talk about Ards and the, the championship season so far because it really is a, a captivating league in the early stages for sure. My first question I always like to ask my guests who come on the show is what made you want to go into football from a young age? Were you always interested? What was your route in at the start? Uh, I think I just had, just had a real love for football from a very, very young age. My, my uncle had a big, big part to play on. My uncle's football crazy. He still is. And he's, he goes to every single match. And my uncle's been with me through everything. He's bought me in the first pair of boots. He's came. I don't think he's ever missed a match, to be fair. He's travelled all around the country with me. And I've a lot to thank him for. So do he's just he's been by my side. Too thick and thin, so he has. He's never, never missed a game. And it's, uh, I'd say for where I am now, what I am in football, if it's that lad down to him, he's, he, you know, I mean, he pushed me a lot from a young age. And he, I think you kind of seen there's something there, you know, a bit of a talent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I mean, did you see yourself as in a certain position when you were younger, or did you just want to have the ball at your feet and just see where I you could fit in? Just, just kind of. Not a certain position, you know, I mean, just I just loved playing football. Like I used to this is gonna sound really weird here. There's like a beside my granny's here, there's like a wee grass bank. Mm. And I used to play when I was like six or seven, I used to play like imaginary matches to myself. Like I used to commentate myself playing matches. I'm funny, and, I used uh, to do the same thing. <laughs> no, like, I never I made the player that you have though. <laughs> <laughs> No, I used to think I was in the Bernabeu with thousands of people around me. <laughs> and uh, no, I think that's just, but that's all part of the love for football, isn't it? You always, you always, and then still this age, I mean, it's always nice to have a wee, a wee thought, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you have to always dream, don't you? No, you always have to dream, even at this age as well, you know what I mean? It's the dream's never over. If you keep working hard, and hopefully, you know, maybe keep the head down and keep going away and going, and, Maybe something, you know, that one day I would like to get back in the Premier League, definitely. 
whether that be with Ards or, or, or somebody else would definitely one day want to be playing in the Premier League. In terms it's of big, big for me. in terms of footballing inspirations, Kim, you know, and obviously personally, but also on a professional level, who were yours? Uh well, obviously the same my uncle and my dad, you know, I mean they've been with me through everything. Um but as a player I looked up to when I was younger, I would say Gerard. Gerard was a, just a complete masterpiece. I just I see him this day, like he could head, he could tackle, he could score from range. You know I mean, just that Gerard was the man. I'm a big, big Liverpool man. So it's just it's Gerard's something I've always tried to even face my game around, so I have, you know what I mean? But yeah, uh, yeah Gerard, Gerard be the man for me. I'm glad when everybody says that about Liverpool-based players because I'm a Manchester United fan and I love the banter <laughs> between United and Liverpool fans. I always find it very entertaining. But I have a lot of respect for them because Gerard was a phenomenal player and obviously yeah. you know, we all remember his Champions League success and you know being the, the man in Istanbul and obviously his goals in FA Cup finals and you know internationally as well. Such a good player. Five, five. So he's, you know, means the ultimate Liverpool player, you know what I mean? So, yeah, Jared was the man when I was younger, and he still, well, he still is. Well. What have you made of him since he's gone into management? Have you been following his time at Rangers? Well, I'm not really a big Rangers fan, but uh, obviously when he went, you know, I started watching more matches and stuff. But, uh, you know, I think what he's done with Rangers is completely, I think it's, he's, he's turned it right around, hasn't he? He's, he's turned Rangers into a, a force now in the Scottish well, League. Well, not that I really, I don't really follow him much, but I mean, I'll watch the old firm game. But you know, not Rangers would I'd say before Jared would never have competed with Celtic the way they do now. So I'd say he's doing a, a very, very good job of Rangers at the moment. And one yeah, day I would think, like to see him manage Liverpool. Yeah, I think he'll, I think he'll go to manage Liverpool. It's just a case of when, not yeah, if when. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Klopp's doing well at the moment. Klopp is doing well at the moment. Uh, Klopp's, I love Klopp. Klopp's a, He's a class act, so he is. He always speaks very well. And like, Klopp's one of the managers that you would always love to play for. You just see the passion he has for not only in the club, the players, but even the fans. Um, you know, even what Klopp's done for Liverpool over the years, he's, he's turned Liverpool into an absolute rack and force, especially with the front three. And there haven't been fair enough, so they're just usually hopping. But I think what Klopp has done at Liverpool has been absolutely amazing. And he's a, he's a top class manager. Yeah, absolutely. And he's got an embarrassment of riches in his team. I mean, you know, Salah, Manny, uh, Henderson, the defence, Van Dijk, uh, Robertson, Alexander-Arnold. Great, great players. Great, great players. Especially, it's been mad to see just about one player can make a difference for Van Dijk being back in the squad. I mean, they look a completely new team with him back in the squad. Um, it's good to see. It's good to see we Harvey Elliott doing very well as well, yes. despite the, the injury. Yeah, but uh, Liverpool look to be back with our best, and I hope that uh, we can keep pushing and keep uh, we can do, back do the title race this season. I was going to say, do you think they can win the title this season? I mean, it's looking like it could be a very competitive league this year. Uh, it does. It looks like it can be a very competitive league this season. Um, you know, I mean, you've got Chelsea. Chelsea, Chelsea look brilliant during the second half and Sunday. They just look absolutely fantastic. Every time they're forward, they look like they're going to score. Um, United as well, getting Ronaldo back. You know, that's a big, big boost for them. I think. They'll challenge this year, but I definitely do. I think Liverpool will be in the title race all the way. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, let's bring it back to to your own career, Kim, because I want to know how you kind of got into the Irish league circles. Because I was having a look here at uh, your sort of background. You started off at Dungoyne Boys, is that right? Yes, yeah, started off at Dungoyne. Um, 
Dungoyne's a big, big. I'm from Dungoyne is based in Ballybean, is the community I'm from, and Dungoyne will stay with me until the day I die. Dungoyne's a big, big part of my career. You know, Dungoyne showed me the love of football firsthand. You know, playing some big, big games with some brilliant teams in Dungoyne, the challenge them. You know, against big academies. Um, went from Dungoyne to Glen Torn under sixteen. Um. It was a big, big step because most of the, all our team we were all mates, you know, from the same area. So it's a big step leaving my mate team and mates group to go and play with a lot of big boys I haven't even spoke to or known of before. But mm. my first season playing there, we won the League Cup and the league. And then the set, just I had an absolute belt season from then. I went uh, straight to the Colts team at the age of like 16. And then I got called up to the reserve team towards the tail. I think it was the youngest, I think near enough the youngest player to play for the reserve team, 16. Well, at that time anyway. Yeah. And then two years later, I signed my first professional contract with Glenn Torn. Yeah. Did you always play in midfield at that young age or were you playing further? Uh, back? No, well, I've always I've played midfield. I've, only, I've, played, I've played everywhere now. Like I've played left back, centre back, up top. Left wing, even played right wing before. Um, uh, but the nah, it's just I enjoy being on the pitch, enjoy playing, enjoy having the ball at my feet. And no matter where I play, I'll, I'll, I'll enjoy it. No matter what, I always play this man, try and play this man in my face. It's a short lived career, so you're better off mm-hmm. trying to enjoy as much as you can. Selling into a young team at a very young age and obviously being successful as well will give you a lot of confidence, I'm sure, from your experiences and memories. Oh, I definitely. It's it's. You know, I mean, there's some there's games and you know cup finals. Even in the youth league, you know, still I can remember this day, like the first that first year that league cup game, the league cup final. I mean, the, the crowd. I think it was trying to ball in the case pitches. I think it was, and I mean the sidelines were bung, and I think we won on penalties. And but it just felt at, at the time it felt like we we're Wembley. You know, just the atmosphere being there. I know that sounds but model, but it just, you know, stuff like that's why we're in this game was to be successful and half days like that where you can look back on years to come and say, oh, what a day that was, you know, what a night after. You know what I mean? It's just that's why we're in the game. And you know, this year, this season that's that's what I'm saying in lockdown, like kind of just I fell off the ball a wee bit when I went there, you know what I mean? It just turned up. I was getting a wage, you know what I mean? It was playing on the Saturday and that was it. But now nah, it's just, you know, after lockdown, and as I say, you know, I kind of almost near enough turn my life around. It's now nah, I want to be successful. I want to, I want to win trophies. I want to get medals. I want to, I want to go to right to the top. I want to keep progressing. I want to keep. I just want to, just want to win. Yeah. I just want to go right to the top. I just want to keep progressing in my career. Talk to me just about want to buy <laughs> Absolutely. Talk to me about how that move to Glen Torn came about because Glen Torn are one of the biggest clubs in Northern Ireland. How uh, did that come about? I was. It was a well, Billy Muir. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a very good youth oh, coach. Uh, he came to watch a few games at Dungoyne. I think no one knows him very well. And he says to him, they get this kid down. And I wasn't for budging. I just didn't want to leave my friend group. And no manners like the, the community and all, just to, but uh, it, obviously, a bit the bullet when I went down, 
It's probably one of the most nerve-wracking because I, I, to be fair, I, back then I was quite shy. You know, I wouldn't really talk to anyone I didn't know. And uh, but I'm just I'm glad that I, I made the decision to finally go because it stuck with me and normally end up going on the same my first professional contract with Grand Horn. Yeah, and, and uh, when you and when you sign your first professional contact the contract, sorry, with one of the the biggest clubs in Northern Ireland, what a big day that must have been for you, a big moment. Oh, very much so, especially for me and my family. This is my dad, especially as really when he went to watch the Lions week in week out with his mates. So for him, it was a you know I made him proud, and that's what I want. That's you no know I mean. I make my, that's what I want to do in the end. I want to make my mum and dad proud. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that day I made my family proud and I was proud of myself. It was a big, big day for me. I'll never forget it. Yeah. You know, and all the congratulations and stuff and people coming up to me and saying, here, well, I'm no senior first press. What a, what a day it must be. So it was, it was a big, big day. But you no, know, sadly, it just never really worked out at the games. But now it's, but I'm, I'm at large and I'm enjoying it. And hopefully, you can one day and get back and be playing in the back of the Premier League. Who really was the, the people that kind of made you feel settled in at Glen Tour? And I, I'm trying to think who would have been around about that time. Would it have been Eddie Patterson that was really the... Uh, the Eddie the Patterson was the, was the manager then. Um, it was more, it was mainly the, uh, the Lynch brothers. Mm-hmm. I had a very good close relationship with Tiernan and Seamus, and especially with Seamus. And he, Seamus always kind of put the arm around me. Um, you know, Seamus believed in me a lot. That is from a very young age, you know. It, it, it is tough sometimes when you're at that age. And it was, I think, it was the first game I played, my first game ever was against Linfield on Sky Sports at the age of 18. Ow. And I, I remember, I remember Addy telling me to report, and it was, it was going to be on the squad. And he put me into the manager's office and he says, uh, you're ready to play, and I was like, "Of course." And he says, "I'm going to start you." And then I remember just being like, "But he just says I'm starting," and I could hear, I could hear like, you know, the atmosphere around the place because of the sky cameras and stuff. And I was like, like yeah, "I'm starting here." Like, and I remember like just feeling myself going sheet weight <laughs> and being like, "I can't believe this happened to me." And so I went back out, get ready, and like just the whole that's a deal, that's another deal, never made another forget. Uh, but yeah, no, it was Ali Patterson, Seamus, and Tiernan that the, kind of brought me into the line at Glen Torn. And I have a lot to thank them for it all feeling. I mean, what a game to to kick off your career a derby against Linfield, a big two derby. I mean, what a game was right. Uh, yeah, I remember spinning the tunnel and like the sky cameras just shining right in my face, and it was like. And I could hear the crowd. Like, this is my first ever time actually stepping out the pitch school in the crowd. Never mind the big two. I remember just walking out in the crowd, like, erupting. And, like, it's my hers in the back of my neck. just stood up. I was like, holy shit. Oh, excuse me. I was like, holy I was like, I was like, this is mad. All this, you know what I mean? Just standing there, taking it all in. So that's what I'm saying. It was very nerve-wracking, but... You know, I handled it well. So then I actually had a tr- played pretty well. Like we beat one now, but it was a good game, the first good game to play, you know what I mean? I was trying to think of some of the players that were in that team at the time. I, I take it people like Marcus Kane would have been in that side, wouldn't Marcus he? Marcus Kane, uh, Steve McAlorm. Steve McAlorm, actually, he, to be fair, Matters, good, very, very good lad of a lot of time for him. He's, uh, he was the one who helped me along at the games as well. You know what I mean? I played midfield, but that's that game. I think we're on the play like six or seven games again in midfield and he would always 
looked after me on the pitch. You know, he's always talking to me, always keeping me right. And he have a lot, a lot of strong words to say from me. He's a good, good fella. So he was a very good fella. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm wondering maybe Beverly Morris was in that team and. Uh, Curtis Allen, as well. maybe at that time as well. Uh, Curtis Allen, yes, Curtis Allen. He just he just signed that seat that January. Mm-hmm. So it was February. I think the first game was February, and he had just signed in January. So either been a lad, been Curtis Allen, Steve McLaurin, uh, Mark Clark. Who else sort of been? Uh, trying to think, Jay McGee. Mm. Um, but hard to remember most of them. But no, a good squad of lads and. Uh, no, I mean, especially that team, like I still keep in contact with them. I mean, we're all very, very good men. So, yeah. yeah, in I mean, Glen Torn, we, we I just said that earlier on. Uh, probably one of the biggest clubs in Northern Ireland, along with Linfield. I mean, the, the crowd at the Oval, the fans of Glen Torn, they really, really get behind their team, don't they? They make it a fantastic atmosphere. They do indeed, especially in big games again. I mean, there's nothing better when you walk out. And you see, like you hear the roar, and as, as the weeks went on, I you know I mean I got more and more used to it. And the name on the back of that top one, it's just I know it is the Irish League, but it's at that age. I mean, you just think you're living it, like you know I mean, you're living the dream. Um, and then we went on. I think it's especially seeing the goals winning. Like I mean, the the, the roar is just there's nothing better than that roar. Yeah. Up and goals going. Um. The, probably the best game that season I played in was the Easter Tuesday game we beat Linfield 2-0 at Windsor. I was a, I was a big day to remember. I just remember Danny McKee scoring the first goal and the crowd. I mean, the whole away end was packed. Mm. And I just remember that uh, I was absolutely brilliant. Just a little the roar and just the celebrations. It's something I'll take the agree with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't all brilliant times at Glentoran. Wasn't it off the pitch? There was a no. lot of... Uh, Trouble times financially. Oh, I mean, there was a lot, a lot of trouble off the pitch. Um, but I how think, you know, I mean, I was that as a player to adapt and try and kind of keep focused on anything on the pitch when everything. I think, off, I think obviously everything off the pitch. I think that was just it was the character of the squad. You know, I mean, you had the likes of Elliot, you no know, season pro, even matters at the time, Stephen McElhorn. Jamie Gay, you know, a lot of the players that have been around the game a lot. And they just kind of, every week, you know, talking like this, this, this is something, you know, it was kind of out of our hands, really. You know I mean? Starting what the players can do, we can only really do what we can do on the pitch. So at the time, it was, you know, they just had to, to keep in the gallery, you know what I mean? Not really worrying what's going off on the, but going on off the pitch and just trying to worry about getting three points and, putting in good performances on the pitch, you know, and we just had to keep going about our business. I mean, there was times, you know, we were having to travel up to Jordanstown to train because we couldn't get anywhere else because, obviously, nowhere else would let us train. And the pitches, I mean, the pitches, honestly, were really, really bad. I mean, just, you're putting us on the workers' pits in the complex, I mean, it's just muck. Mm. And it wasn't even enjoyable training, but just, obviously, as I'm saying, as the professionalism of the group and the likes yeah. of Alec Morris and, Steam McElroy about the team, you know, I mean, just kept the team ticking over and kept talking as well. Just, you know, let, let people, let the people upstairs deal with stuff off the pitch and we'll keep doing the business on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, during that period in time, you go out on loan to Cliftonville. I mean, that's an interesting move in itself. How, how did that come about? Uh, again, I went to Belfast Man, the, the football academy, and uh, Joe Little, he was a coach there. 
you know what I mean? Skin get on very, very, very well. Um, one of the shows, a top guy. I love Jared. Uh, George, George, one of the best. You know, that made a better fan of George seeing that. Um, and he just, he just kept asking me week in, week out, you know, what's going on? Why are you not playing? Blah, blah, blah. And just one thing there being always like, listen, I'd love to have you at Clevenville. If I can get you on loan, would you come? And just at the time, I was just crying out for a game. You know what I mean? At the time, they had a lot of injuries in midfield, you know, with Catney being out, Rory Horton. And there was a chance for me to go and play in the middle. So, hmm. you know, I pushed it and pushed it. And that, to be fair, the ones on the board were kind of, him and how about it? No, it's never, it's really unheard of a player for playing for the club all known. So it came, really came about the skin, skin, you know, got me in their group. And, you know, especially where I'm from as well, it's, you know, I mean, it was strange because not a lot of people from where I'm from would go and play for Clemville, obviously, because of the culture and stuff and things off the pitch again. But I just, I absolutely loved Clifton all the time. I loved the philosophy of the way they tried to play. They always tried to play football the right way. A real, real good run club. Um, I have a lot of time for Jared Law as well. He's very, very good fella. Uh, obviously, Skin. Skin's one of the top uh, men about. Um, Mal Donaghy as well. Very, very, very good fella. And uh, when I first known in the team, some like most of the team, from no other side of town from where I'm from and all I'm couldn't be more welcoming and loving and brought me in there I was never excluded or nothing and I really enjoyed my time at Clemville it's a really good real run club and I have really good words to say about them yeah talk to me about Skin because obviously I've had him on the show as I mentioned just now he, he's such a winner but I get the he I is. he's such a fine guy as well he likes a, a bit of crack a bit of banter but I get he the does, he does. he's a big winner he loves Put people through their pace and make them improve in the training. His skin is like, like I said, he's one of the best of birdie. He, he wants, he just wants to get the best out of people. And uh, it, it, to be fair, we had some real good laughs as well. Like, yeah, he does love his crack and he loves about a banter and all, but at the same time, you know, he is really serious about his football. He's one of the best coaches I've ever been in our hand. It's just, it's, even even the way even the way he used to join in the sessions and he's such a he's such a good footballer his technique and it's just the way you know he's just he's just a real all round cool guy he's just a real real top star you know what I mean and I see he's doing very well again back and I'm not really speaking too much in the present but I see he's back in uh, managing uh, NI youth level and yeah. it's good to see it's it's they haven't they've got their hands on a real real good coach there and skin he's a I'm a brilliant fella. You talked there about Jared Lawler. What was it about him at Cliftonville that made you connect with him really well? He just, Jared just assured me of when I first came in that, you know, I'd be well looked after. Just, you know, I'll see with the background from where I'm from, etc. You know what I mean? It's really unheard of. And he just sat me down. And he, Jared, even Jared was glad to have me on board because, you know, obviously it's me and Skin have such a good relationship. And, you know, I'll always, Danny, where I go, I'll always give him my best. I'll always, you know, I've worn my heart and sleeve, I'll always give him a hundred percent. And I think that's just I he seen me in the pitch giving all giving my all and he gave me his all. And I think just that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be worked. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's a lot of really great players in and around that Cliftonville team back in the day. Oh, Talk about definitely. some of the boys definitely. because some real characters in there. Uh, to be fair, me and when I, Obviously, when I used to play against Clifford, me and Cadney used to absolutely hate each other. Like, I mean, despise each other. I mean, like, really, really bad. But the first game I came in, 
Um, it's like we've played in the middle of the other phases. Uh, he couldn't have been any like, like again, like a, he's a class act. So he is he like matters again. He, he on the pitch, he looked after you, guided you. You know what I mean? He's just all right. He's an all round good good guy. Uh, Jay Downey as well. Jay Downey, what an accomplished footballer. Joe Gormley as well. Joe, they're all real, real good footballers. All good, good, good football and brains. Um, despite the injury, Rory Harton as well. Rory Harton's a very good lad. Um, Levi is all very, very good fellas and even better footballers. Yeah, I mean Ryan Catney is uh, a Cliftonville legend, is he? And when I think of Cliftonville, I think of him and. Johnny Barry Johnson in that midfield. I mean, they not much got past those two fellas. No, no, definitely not. I mean, they were they ran that league for what two or three seasons. Um, even Barry Johnson when I first came in, like he was a coach there, and like me and Barry on Bennett the first ever day, just the banter was good. No, he just a good fella. You no, know? even in the social club after they're all more welcoming. It's just they're all good, good fellas. We are. Talk to me about Joe Gormley and Jay Donnelly because obviously the start of the season they both hit the ground running, aren't they? I mean, uh, Joe obviously it, heading into the kind of business end of his career, but he's still chalking up records and still scoring goals. And Jay Donnelly just seems to be flourishing at Glen Torren. Uh, again, two very, very, very good footballers. Um, Joe just, Joe just has it. Anywhere it falls to him in the Actually, you just know he's going to finish it. He just has that. It's something I think Joe has something that I don't think you can teach. You know, he just he knows where to be at the right time, and he, he's such a good finisher. Uh, Jay, Jay's just um, I think just Jay's just an absolute wizard. Mm-hmm. You know, Jay could start from wide, come in, and just it just the fact that he has in games. You know, I mean, I, I've never really played against Jay on the pitch as in positional ways, but. If I was a fullback or a centre half trying to mark Jay Downey, it would be you're up against it. Like you, you know, you're up for a, a game. I think in one of my previous uh, Northern Irish football shows, I referred to Jay Donnelly as the Harry Kane, the recent Harry Kane, that is of the of the Irish League, and obviously Conor McManaman, who was of course a Cliftonville and, and Glen Torren player, as Hugh Winson, and you could see why because he's they've got good interactions between each other. The the Daphne do again, Conor Mac as well. He's again. You know, there's this hot trick last week. Uh, you know, it's great to see. I mean, like Connor Matt again, like it starts uh, something from nothing really on the pitch. You know, he just has that knack of he's always looking to create chances, the same as Jay, you know, from wide areas, from central areas, even in the backs, where you give him goals, they just have good football and brains. Mm-hmm. And you can see it by either playing at the top level or a top playing tour team. Yeah, absolutely. We, we talked earlier on about the atmosphere and the fans' association at the Oval. What was it like at Solitude? How different was it? Uh, it was, again, like, it wasn't so much different. I mean, you know, Cliftonville have a real, did at the time as well, and still do, have a real good following. And I think, you know, just I, I won the fans over, really, in my performances, because as I say, you know, I mean, I'll just, when I'm on the pitch, I'll just, I'll leave everything on the pitch. Well, I always try and do anyway. And they're just, it's, you know, just again, it's just, it's good to see a team get the real. When you see a good fan, you'll even get more on the pitch because the fans are giving you something you want to give the fans back to you. Yeah. What, what's your favourite memory of your time at the Reds? Uh, my favourite time, let's see. It would probably be my 
first game. Yeah, my first game, definitely. Um, against with him, bit odds, keen all. And but the some of the football we played was ridiculous. I mean, on that big pitch, solitude was absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. And just obviously just being in the round, you know, the new team, the red jersey and stuff. Just it was a real, real good day for me. It was a real enjoyable day. So it was. Yeah, a, a really great club, Cliftonville, as is the Glens. And you went back to uh, the Glens. I think Gary Haverun was manager at the time. Was that right when you came back? Yes, yes, correct. I went back to the Glens, and it just it, it just nearly got going again. So then it just really was really staggered and it was in there, the team. And oh, yeah, that time, because it was a really troublesome period, as we said, off the pitch. I think Alan Kernahan was in and it didn't quite work out for him. And then obviously Gary, yeah. and I've always had Gary on the show and a, a really great guy, but it, it felt like he was almost playing at times with, with a hand behind his back in some respect. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I think just at the time, you know, Gary, even my own as well, I mean, I think they just came in at the wrong times. Just there was a lot going on in the background. And it was just hard to get going sometimes. I mean, Alan came in and tried to change the whole thing philosophy at the Glens. And it just really didn't work out. And Gary, I mean, kind of came in and tried to do the same. They just, it just never really worked out for both of them. But again, as you say, both of them really had one hand tied behind their back because it's just what was going on off the field. Um, yeah. Like you said, it's the same time. You know, guys, as a, as a group, as a team, as a group, you know, we were just trying to concentrate on the pitch. You know, I mean, trying to three points every side is what you aim towards. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was really staggering time at that time, uh, Glen Thorne, and uh, you know, two two good fellas again, and Gary Haven and Alan Turner, all the lot good words to say about them. But uh, you're right, I think just that the both of them just came in at the wrong time. Yeah. yeah, very interesting to, to hear that story there from yourself. And the, the interesting part of the story next is then you, you made the trip towards. But w- was there a period where there was a, a bit of a gap? Because it, it seemed like there was a, a stage in your time where you didn't have a club. Is that right? No, well, to be fair, that when I think Gary ended up being, this, being sad, um, and then the broad end rally McFall. Um, one thing, though, just again, this really, really didn't never really fancy me. And that's just football is my opinion, really. Um, and just at the same, I just kind of knew myself that just my time was coming to an end, and all those boys getting offered new contracts and stuff, and stuff was going on. And at the time, you know, it was kind of really, it was real, wasn't really enjoying it at all. And I was turning up the training, I just knew you've trained for nothing, really. Mm. Um, and then Obviously, it was my contract was running out. Uh, Colin Ards obviously approached me and Colin Nixon. Mm. Um, they left the ladder to the club and asked for permission to speak to me. And to be fair, it was Ards and there was another two clubs as well. But at the end, you know, obviously, just I thought you know the best option would be Ards. Um, mm. Again, we'll get into the Ards. I mean, with a good pre-season, start actually start the league season very, very well. I mean. The, some good results against Limfield. We beat Limfield 2 1. I remember that game. Yeah. And, mm. and, and then we were doing brilliant, and then it just seemed to just mm. decline. And then next thing we know about Christmas, we're in a relegation battle. And uh, at the same time, that season as well, just just kind of really, really stuttered out. And uh, that's a, probably one of the worst days was being 
I'll give it from the league. I mean, that made against Carrick in the playoff. I mean, that's probably one of the worst points in my football career. Just remember sitting there. Yeah. Playing my hands just in tears, really, because you know, it's not a nice feeling being relegated, is it? Yeah, I, I was trying to remember at the time. Was that Niall Curry who was manager at Carrick? Obviously, with yes. a member of ours, of course. And uh-huh. you know, an interesting story about him. And obviously, I've spoken to Niall before. Another great guy, but obviously not great to hear someone on the the other side of that that evening. No, no, definitely. It was now on John, our current manager now, John, John Billy was assistant. Um, it was that night was just a night to forget. I mean, it just they were, I think they were two one up in aggregate and they scored in like the first five minutes, and then you just knew by and it's just an uphill battle the rest of the game. And like I said, I think I think. I'm near enough sure. I know I am sure that I'm the only player that left from that night not changing. Because that hard in the day had some some tremendous talent there. I think was Johnny Fraser there at the time and Johnny know, Fraser at that time. Some good players. Bamo, Kyle Chai, Al Sherry, um, even Big Mark Kelly, uh, David Albert was at the back. David Albert, David Albert is a class act. He just a foul foul. Just loves. Football and brain, the finest. Um, you had Sam Johnson, like it says, uh, yeah, some good, good talent team, but it just, it's, you know, I mean, just we never really got going, we never really got that final edge of getting to where we wanted to be. I mean, obviously, at the time, it's still ours, you know, I mean, your main objective is to stay in the Premier League, but like I said, we just really never got that egg to go to the next level. Talk to me about Colin Nixon because. He's an Irish league legend, obviously so successful at the Glens. What was he like as a manager? Colin, he's very, very good. You know, as I says, he, he brought me to the club. He, you know, he made sure that I felt welcome. And he, I've a lot of good words to say about Colin as well. He's, you know, he just he wanted the best. He just he wanted the best out of everyone on the pitch, and he he made sure he was going to get it out of you. So he did, and even off the pitch as well. Colin's a very, very good fella to be in the round. If you know I me. Mean? If you're ever really struggling or anything, your calm will always be there for you. He's, he's, he's a class actually. Yeah, a really top player as well. And then, obviously, you, you mentioned there very vividly about, uh, obviously, the relegation and, and, and what happened there. Obviously, Colin Nixon moves on. Uh, Warren Feeney comes in, another big name. And, and, and of course, a Northern Irish uh, international legend. I mean, what was Warren like to, to be managed by? Uh, Warren, very, very good fellow. Again, loves his banter and his crack. And, you know, he's Warren's cool guy, like Swiss. But, uh, you know, he, again, just when Warren was in, you know, he, he brought a lot of good players to the club. Um, but he did start again. And then, again, just uh, obviously, Warren obviously left for Bulgaria. So mm-hmm. he did. But Warren, he's, he is, he's a class act. He's a good, good coach. He, you know, he's a, at the end just wants he wants to batter himself and he always wants to try and go to the next level. So he does, he's never settling for anything less. He'll always try and push to be at the highest level of where he thinks he can't be. And I, I still keep in touch with Warren a lot. You know, attacks back and forward. You know, I mean, uh, to be fair, he offered me a chance to bring me out to Bulgaria. Um, and uh, I kind of panicked a bit. And, Thought I was going to get home six, so that's why I didn't really go. But ah. um, no, I, I, I keep in touch with Warren a lot, and Warren's a very, very good. He's not only a good, good manager, but he's a good friend. I mean, do you think you would have 
uh, enjoyed the experience in Bulgaria because we don't really see a lot of British place players, particularly in Northern Ireland, no, uh, abroad to Europe. See, see now, like the way I am now, obviously looking after myself, I wish you had contacted me now because I would have went, I would have went in a heartbeat. At just at that time, as I just said, I wasn't really in the best of places, well, not places, but I wasn't in the right frame of mind really at that stage to go away for football, I don't mm-hmm. think. Um, but now I'm near enough sure that the shape I'm in, uh, you know, my mindset, and my mindset's changed a lot about life and about football and about everything aspect of what's going on around me. And right now, we'd, we'd love a chance to go. If, if I've given the chance, we'd love to go give it, give it, give it a base. He seems to be doing really well in Bulgaria, isn't he? He's very because well. He's, 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 he's very well got out there. He's, uh, they've actually got them promoted. So they're in the Bulgarian Premier League now. You know, you're coming up against the likes of Ludogorets, CSK, Sofia. You know, big, big, big clubs. You know, I think Ludogorets are actually in the Europa League. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's I'm sure for him as well. That's something, you know, it's experiences. I think that CSK Sofia. I mean, like their ground is like something like twenty thousand. It's packed every week. Yeah. So I mean, the experiences and the atmosphere, and I'm sure he's taking it all in as well. You know, he's sure he's living the life out there. So he's... Obviously, you're now still at Ards, and 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 John Bailey is the the, the manager. I mean, what's it like working with John? Because you know, obviously, being a number two, moving up to be the main man, it's it's a bit of a step up for him. But I'm sure you're enjoying his uh, time at the club so far. No, John. Again, as I say, is not a class act. He just John wants the best out of everyone, and he'll never settle for anything. He, he always wants you to give him 100. percent If you give John 100, percent he'll give you 100 percent back, and that's the way it, the, it works. Um, John has pushed me a lot since I came in. He's, he's made me to be fair John's probably the main reason the way I am now mm-hmm. you know he made me believe in myself again and kind of sat me down and says how good it probably can be and you know a big factor is my fitness and it's, it's clearly showing it. it's all down to him because the sessions are always they're hand tense they're you know they're always he's always making the better players in every aspect of the game even in their fitness I mean he settles for nothing less than 100%, and John is a very, very good manager. Yeah, absolutely. And and Ards have uh, made a really interesting start in the Championship. I mean, currently sitting third, as we are recording this on the 22nd of September, just a couple of points uh, off the top. I mean, it's such a competitive league, the Championship, isn't it, Kim? Because it any, is, uh, on any given day, could be anybody. Uh, um, yes, like you say, I mean, it's been proven already anybody can beat anybody. I mean, there's been a few mad... Uh, games there's been a few mad results um, it's, it's I'd say the championship is is more comp- I want to say more competitive than the Premier League because as like you say any team can beat anyone any day whereas you've like you have the likes of in the Premier League you've got your Glen Torn your Linfields and your Coleraines and your Orange kind of still away from the rest I think mm-hmm. Um it's it's going to be t- it's going to be tight right up until the end. I think the championship. I mean, it's like we're going to have to like you're, you get nothing. If you, you mean every game you're in a battle. Yeah, every game is there's no easy games in that championship. No easy games at all. I think it's been proven like on Saturday. I mean, we dominated the game for what seventy five minutes until we got a man sent off, and 
the tides turn straight away and they, they get two nice and grab goals and it's just that's just the beauty of the game really as well isn't it um, but no we've, we've had we've had a good start we've had a real real good start so we'll have and uh, no, we're always building so we are we're always trying to as a group we have a real good young group at ours you know what I mean we all it's a real good tight group together it's, you know, it's enjoyable, enjoyable to be around but I and, think we will we will go all the way I think we will go up and, and if you're enjoying your football you're, you're, you're flying with confidence I mean you've scored four league goals so far this season I mean that's a great return yes uh, it's just that's what I'm saying it's just it's something I've really wanted to add in the game uh, you know goals goals you know, goals win games um, but once one goal goes in you're, you're playing off confidence so it's just you know, I want to keep going and like I say, I always want to batter myself on the pitch, so I'm just doing everything I can to really batter myself on and off the pitch. And uh, you know, goals are a big thing. I, I want to add to my game, and I think I'm doing a good job at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I was having a look at Mons' yeah. results so far this season. I mean, you've had some some very good wins, particularly home against Elport Gall, Holland of both Welders, Queen's University and Dundella most recently. But, you know, we've had some really good battles as well. OK, didn't make it against Newry, but you got a point. Uh, Dirk View and, and obviously just played Institute past there. I mean, obviously some very tough games there, but you got Bally Clear on Friday as we're recording this, and then then after that you got Balna Mallard and, and not Breda. So a few interesting games coming up, and then of course you've got the Irish League Cup against your old team Cliftonville. Yeah, yeah, a lot of good weeks coming up, uh, a lot of big games to look forward to, especially here on Friday night. I think it'll be a very competitive game. Um, Again, be looking to get on the score sheet and to put a good performance in. Uh, you know, we have a really busy schedule, so we do. And obviously, the League Cup games, and I think we'll play Bunfield as well in the County Atlas Shield. So there's a, uh, a lot of good games to come. Lot, especially as we you know, going to Windsor is a big thing, you know, for a lot of like, you know, it's, it's the national stadium as well. So that's something to look forward to to go and play against the best team in the, in the country. Yeah. I always like to ask these sorts of questions because a lot of people maybe don't think of the County Antrim Shield as a, a massive piece of software to win. But I, I think, this is just my point of view, clubs that are in the Championship like yourselves maybe look at it and think, bit of an opportunity for us here. Oh, I very much so. It's something that I think, you know, I mean, you always want to, there's, it's, there's, there's an objective there to go on, obviously going as far as you can. These competitions, whether it be the County Antrim Shield or the League Cup at all, I mean, you always want to, you always want to try and get as further as you can. You know, you always it's always that's why it's there. You want to go get try and get the final. But I think, you know, I mean, if, if you know, I mean it's never say never, you know, I mean, if we go to Windsor Park and do a job, you know, I mean, who knows? But yeah, the kind of she I just think any trophy is, is as big as any is as big as the league. You know, I mean it's silverware at the end of the day, and it's it's, it's a medal, it's a it's an honor. So yeah. anything, you know, I mean, even if there's a current kind of she it's still an honor for myself if we get that. Of the teams you've played this season, who who's uh, impressed you for as an opposition side? Um, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to say Newry, Newry, or to be fair, Institute. Sorry, Institute have a very young side, but they try and play football the right way. Mm-hmm. And if you know, a good coach as well, and Brian Donaghy, I know Brian Donaghy very well. And they always try and play football the right way. But Newry, Newry just. You're very fit, very strong, and you always know you're in for a battle with a couple of good wee ball players as well going forward. Mm-hmm. So and Darren Mullen, a very good coach as well. Yes, Darren Mullen is a very good coach. You know, a lot of people, I don't really know him personally, but a lot, a lot of people have a lot of respect for him. 
keep keep in touch with big Mark Kelly as well. So, you know, he's nothing but good words to say about Darren. He's very, very good coach to play for. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's going to be a busy month as you or, or two, as you said there, for Ards. And I'm, I'm really excited to see how you get on. As we mentioned there, Bally, Clare, Balna, Mallard, not Braden. And of course, that match against Cliftonville in the League Cup to, to look forward to. We're, we're very much coming to the end, Kim, but I have a couple of short questions to ask you before we wrap things up. In terms of opponents you've come up against, who's the hardest person that has given you a, a real tough game? Uh, in my whole career, would you say? Or just, yeah. Um, I'm going to say, let's see, this is quite a hard one. There's a fella played for, when his wife, McLean Thorne, in the Europa League qualifiers, we played against a team called MSK Zelina. Mm-hmm. There's a fella in the midfield called Laszlo, I don't know if you've heard of him, Laszlo Benes. Oh, no, he, I uh, I'll have to go and play, switch he him Yeah, he, uh, he actually played for Bruce and Mitchell Glad. He actually, the week later, Mitchell Gladbach signed him for a million pounds. He was 17 at the time. And I mean, I just could not get near this fella. He just, it's the one and two yards that make the difference. And he just, every time he touched the ball, I was just two seconds late. He was just everywhere. I actually think it came off a cramp. <laughs> it was running off him once. But that guy was a serious, serious footballer. I mean, just the way he passed the ball. I mean, he made the, he, at such a young age, like he made that team tick. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it's interesting that you brought up Zelina there because you know that's a question I never asked and I never thought to ask, but I maybe should now. You know, an opportunity for you've had to, to play European football that must kind of inspire you to to get back to that level again, maybe later on in your career. Oh, definitely. I mean, like watching that team. I mean, we went the like, just their whole way of like we obviously were full time professional footballers, but see just the way they. The way they train the gallery, like we watched them train the night we arrived in Zelina, at the, the and just the way like the professionalism, you know, and just like even that night, I mean, their stadium was filled. I was at Slovakia's national stadium, and just the atmosphere, and they just the way they went about their business. Even the manager, the manager was like, I mean, just in the pair of jeans, the blazer, you know, just it's and twenty five degree heat. I mean, you're not going to get much better than that. So you're not. It was just something. It's another thing I'll, I'll remember for the rest of my life, that European trip was absolutely brilliant. You touched on there about the professionalism that you saw there in the Europa League and your European adventures. Is that something that you feel that the Irish League as a whole has improved upon in most recent seasons? Um, definitely. But you just take a look at the likes of Yarn, Linfield, Coleraine, and even the likes of Rochelle's. Now, I think, I think now the, the way the game is changing... I mean, you need to be very athletic, just the way even here. I mean, you know I mean, it's just the game's just evolving around athleticism. Mm. And I think that even we were laying stat this, so we were, you know, our distance rounds covered, blah, blah, blah. It's just, I mean, I definitely do think, I think football in this country is on the up. Mm-hmm. I think we have a long, long, long way to go yet, but I think in the final, in this country, I think that the Premier League especially will go full time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think you make a good point there because not only is the the men's game improving, but the women's game's improving off the back of the women qualifying yeah. for the for the Euros, and you know you're, you're seeing you know obviously you know great performances in Europe as well by Lauren this season, Coleraine the previous season, Linfield the the season before that. It seems like every year the league is evolving, and it, we talked there about about Lauren and the professionalism that they've done. Guys like Kenny Bruce coming in. 
really trying to transform the game. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's brilliant to see. Kenny Bruce has done an absolute smashing job down there. I mean, he's brought that football up from the roots. I mean, he's brought it back to life. You know, I mean, you go down, but we played Lauren last year in a pre-season friendly and just, it's just an old buzz about the time when Lauren's playing. Mm. Um, especially, you even like the likes of, like, see, uh, youth level, like the players going across the water now. Mm-hmm. Players getting you know, deals at top, top Premier League clubs. So I think that's a big thing that, you know, I mean, that, that they've looked into and they've, they've, they've you know, built on. Um, but yeah, definitely, this football in this country is, is definitely, definitely on the up. That's yeah. good to see. Yeah, and I've, I've kind of, in a roundabout way, got round to my, my next short, short question for you. And, and that is the toughest away ground in the Irish League to go and get a result. Where is it for you? Uh, let's see. I'd say, nah, probably be at, at this current stage for now. Um, it'd be probably be Newry. Newry's a very, very hard place to go. So it is. It's a very, very. You know, we always make it very. Why would that be? <laughs> it's just. It's just. It's. I know. It's just to just make it very tough for you. It's to play to the strengths. It's a very big open pitch. Um, and they've, they've always got their crowds. Always get behind them, and uh, for present that would be present. But all based all all my career, I'd say Windsor Park and Linfield's firing all cylinders. Yeah, Linfield are very very hard to beat. Windsor Park, so they are. You've been in some big changing rooms with some big players. Who is the the one person that has had the worst patter in the dressing room? What is it? The worst what? The worst banter, or the or you know the biggest wind up matchup. I'd say the biggest, the biggest wind up merchant I've been is Big Colin Burney. He used to do so Big Paul Trainer. He was at his he was at the Kansas. Him, yeah. Big Hoggy and Jay McGee used to give Big Chew an absolute horrible time. <laughs> and I mean, when I say horrible, proper horrible time. I mean that big fella used to crack up like some. He used to take it real, real fit as well. So he did. I used to, he just used to play and oh, I was absolutely, someone I could sit here and tell you all night about some of the stuff he used to come off with, but it was very, very good banter from the worst banter, I would say. Well, I'm not off the top of my head, I can't really say much there's the worst banter, but Daphne Colin Burney is the biggest wind-up person. I was kind of hoping you'd land Johnny Fraser in it in some shape or form. <laughs> no, Johnny's, Johnny's banter's. Not the best, like, but no, because I know Daphne. he's I know he's landed on the wrong side of uh, the, the the cruise assistant manager, hasn't he? It's, it's been quite funny. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, Daphne has that, but big Colin Burney, Daphne is is the biggest wind up merchant in football. Has to be. Oh, so. superb, superb, and 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 obviously in terms of training, um, who who is uh, the worst finisher in training? The worst finisher. Uh, all round or practically? All right, all, all right but you can go for it if you want to. Uh, I'm trying to think. The worst finisher. It's a hard one. Uh, I'm going to say. Who am I going to say? I can't, not off the top of my head, I can't really think too much, but uh, at large, the worst finisher would probably be. We and Skinner, he can finish his dinner, so he can definitely not. 
Definitely should. He definitely. He'll probably score the winner against Ballyclare on Friday night. He probably will. They'll probably come to haunt me. They'll definitely will definitely go go to haunt me. But I'd say it's going to be a lot. Oh, brilliant. Great sport, Kim. It's been really great to chat with you. And I want to wish you personally all the best for the rest of your season. And also, everybody down at Ards, all the best for the remainder of the season in the Championship, the League Cup, the Irish Cup, the County Antrim Shield. Um, All the very best because they're a really great club. You've been a really great sport. I've really enjoyed our chat. So thanks for coming on the show, Kim. All the very best to you. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure, mate. Thank you. Thank you very much. What a dangerous night to fall.